Welcome to Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. Today, I talk Tantra with Lilith. She is a glamour witch. I am so grateful for her content and so appreciative that she is here on the podcast to offer her perspective of living an expansive life. So thank you for being here, Lilith. Why don't you start by telling us a bit about your journey with magic and witchcraft? How did you discover this passion and purpose? Of course. Oh, so it's so like, it's so tough to like know even where to start. It's just been such a long journey for me. I think in terms of like, oh, (laughs) starting out, like when I first, I guess, became aware of this side of me um, and, and feeling like I like consciously identified as a witch started when I was really, really young. So I was 11 when I had my first kind of awakening experience and I was outside at the time. And I remember having this really, like really deeply present moment and this deep sense that everything around me was alive and had a spirit. And I recognized Mm -hmm. that, you know, the trees and the grass, they all had this life force within it and there was this aliveness in everything around me and this deep connection with nature and that was my first instance of being like oh and and I recognized that I felt like I was a witch but I didn't actually start practicing for a long long time so I as a child like I I had like a spell book and I would make like potions in the backyard and you know all the things that kids do right Um, But I didn't actually start, you know, practicing until I was around 17. And I, you know, I was having this super goth phase. Like I watched the craft and I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, these bitches are so badass. Mm -hmm. Like, sorry, I'm not sure if we're allowed to. Oh, yeah, go for it. Go Um, for it. But then I like started to just be like really obsessed with like actually um creating a personal craft out of it um and I think I just I always gravitated towards the more glamorous and like Venusian kind of spell work and magic um my first spell that I ever attempted was a love spell how did it go (laughs) not good thankfully it didn't work um (laughs) But yeah, like I, I've always been really drawn to that kind of magic, right? And I'm a very Venus ruled witch. Like I'm a Libra sun, Taurus rising. I've got so much fucking Libra in my chart. It's not funny. And, and it just makes sense to me. Like I've always been really attracted to aesthetics and like beauty and that side of my craft has always been really important to me. For me, it's... um. It, magic and creating spells it's a very much a creative process and a creative expression and outlet for me as well and so aesthetics and beauty and glamour Mm -hmm. has always been incorporated in that and that's just you know how I've progressed in my personal craft and that's you know why I do what I do now that's beautiful thank you so much for sharing with such authenticity and vulnerability this this story and I love how like shamelessly you own this and embody this beauty and this glamour. It's really exciting and intoxicating. And I really appreciate you for sharing that with us. 
Um, and I, and I also really resonate with this idea of, of seeing the life force and everything, like the plants around you and, and even seeing it in, in animals and, and even in like our clothes that we're wearing are, are from, you know, reactions with plant life that, you know, we, we take and we weave into clothing. And to me, I take it even a step back, back further to say that all of this is a reaction of, you know, an energy exchange that has, you know, a sexual undertone and not, and not necessarily eroticizing it, but just purely, this is a sacred energy exchange. And, um, how, how do we, how do we tap into this energy and how do we become aware of it to consciously create a reality, which I kind of see what you're incredible at and, and a big part of what you're teaching. So I'd love to branch into more about like, what exciting growth projects are you working on now? What specialties or things are you offering that you're really excited to share with people? Yeah. I mean, oh, I'm really excited because I've been going through quite a lot of change in my business recently. Like my life has gone through quite a lot of upheaval and shifting and changing in the last few months. And it's been really hectic, but also really, really expansive and you know, recently I moved house and that, you know, all of this stuff's been happening in my life and it's just been a reflection of all the inner transformation that I've been going through. You know, up until recently, my offerings were very much centered around teaching glamour magic and teaching about magnetism, which has been so amazing. And like, it's my passion. Mm -hmm. Um, But another part of my passion is, um, you know, dark goddess embodiment and Mm -hmm. inner Lilith embodiment and, as an ex-sex worker, like this is a huge, huge thing on my heart. And so at the moment I'm really focusing and gearing my offerings and my teachings towards bad witch embodiment um, and toward helping people to reclaim their power, reclaim their desires um, and, you know, take that take that fucking bad witch out of hiding and into expression Ah. in the world um so that's what I'm doing like at the moment with my bad witch birthing sessions which is like a trilogy of um our also long sessions where I will one-on-one with my clients like take them through a journey of helping them to birth into their bad witch selves and I am starting a bad witch rising coven which is like a seven month long journey um which is an expansion of a oops sorry a little thing that I did recently um so it's all it's all very I like I don't know I love everything that I do but what I'm doing right now feels like my most heartfelt magic and medicine like I'm just so passionate about it and I'm so excited <laughs> yeah I love that I really resonate with this idea of like reclaiming the dark feminine and and Lilith has been a deity that's kind of came in in the past you know year really strongly and it's so beautiful to see this beautiful time where a lot of the qualities of the feminine have been you know restrained while there mm. are there are elements of the feminine that are that have been idealized by patriarchy, like you know, nurturing and kindness and beauty, which is great. And so much of that is, you know, the Venus and oh, love, love Venus, beautiful yeah. archetype. Another great one that I work with. But to be able to reclaim that darkness is something that I, I definitely recommend. And I think that you're such a beautiful example of that. 
And I'd love to hear more about Lilith and kind of your journey with her. Is Lilith your real name or is this something that you've reclaimed and made a part of your identity or what has that been like for you? Has it been a journey or? Yeah. So Lilith is not my legal name. (laughs) Um, Lilith is a name that I adopted um, more as a form of an, like everything that I do, I see it as an offering to Lilith because she very much inspires everything that I do. Um, But I started working with Lilith or the archetype of Lilith when I started um, working as a stripper, as an erotic dancer. Um, And that was very much how I started to embody that energy. And that's only really evolved from there. But you know, for a long time, I did fear working with Lilith and it makes sense, right? Because she's so misunderstood, so shrouded in mystery. So like there's so much shit projected, like you said, onto the dark feminine and onto Lilith. Um, And yeah, it's just been such an amazing thing to move through that fear and really find the gifts of what she has to share. Um, so yeah, the reason that I use Lilith in my business name is because yeah, like everything I do is so driven by my personal relationship and journey with Lilith. And I, when I, when I get reviews and stuff like that, you know, it's, it's nice to be like, oh yeah, like I did a good thing, but there's also a part of it that's very much an offering to Lilith herself. Um, and I think for me, that was really important. And I really wanted to start embodying Lilith more in my business and online. And so this was a great way for me to start doing that. And yeah, like now I literally want to change my actual name to Lilith. (laughs) I don't want to be called anything else. (laughs) I love it. It feels very, it feels very you. I resonate to my name. So my middle name is Leola and that's what I've kind of reclaimed. Everyone calls me that now in my life. And that's, you know, what I use my business as well. And Leola means lioness. And it's much more that like that full circle, like really fierce energy that that comes in. And I, I think it's really beautiful. I'd love to chat more about the myth of Lilith. So people get a sense. Cause I think there's, I think that most people mm. listening probably don't really know who she is or they have a very religious warped story that, that they're, that's coming to mind. I know that's how it was when I first started working with Lilith. Yeah. I'd love to hear kind of what she is to you, what's her story and how you embody that story or how you encourage others to embody that. Yeah. Lilith is very much a archetype of unconventionalness and feminine wildness. She is not someone who can be pinned down. And even in terms of her story, her history, she's quite hard to pin down, right? Um, She shows up in many different cultures and there's many different stories and narratives around her. The most commonly known one um, is definitely the story of being the first woman and Adam's first wife. And now in the Garden of Eden, she refused to submit sexually to Adam. She refused to submit to him at all. And so um, she removed herself. She fled and chose wildness, chose wilderness, chose, you know, to be untamable rather than to submit. And I think that is 
definitely um, such a big part of what she represents is that rebellion, that liberation um, and feminine wildness for sure. Um, but, yes, there's there's so many different stories around her and I think they all point towards this common theme of like untamable, unconventional, breaks the fucking rules, cannot be pinned down, sexually liberated, sexually empowered, and just in general a very, very powerful, fearsome archetype. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And why would you know, the average woman wants to reclaim her dark feminine or to embody Mm. this Lilith energy. Like what does that bring her? Mm. Uh, Working with Lilith and embodying this energy is a great way to reconnect and reclaim your sexuality. It is a great way to reclaim your agency over your life, your body, your magic, Um, because it's really about not not following the fucking rules, not letting anybody impose or project their expectations and rules upon you. It's really about giving yourself that, giving yourself that agency and that authority to do what the fuck you want, right? (laughs) Like to break those rules and to expand past that and to not just take what people say or take rules at face value and be like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Submit. Like, no, it's really about questioning fucking everything. It is about, you know, embodying and harnessing your sexuality and your power unapologetically. It is about, you know, reclaiming so many things that would be cast in the shadow and so many things that would be seen as, I don't know, just not good. You know, things like being cunning and being manipulative or, you know, being a vixen or a femme fatale, like so many things that we just, you know, brush off as being bad or wrong. Mm -hmm. This is about actually questioning that and saying, you know, we all have the potential to be all of these things. And when we are not conscious of it, when we're not acknowledging it, then of course that becomes, you know, a part of our shadow and it still becomes expressed, but just in unconscious ways, in ways that we don't, that we are unaware of and that are beyond our control. But when we can reclaim them and use them more consciously, then, you know, we we get to integrate those parts of ourselves and become whole. So it's very much, you know, it's, it's, Oh my gosh. <laughs> Working with Lilith, it's it's yeah. so many things. Like shadow work is such a huge part of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where and, I was going with that. <laughs> well, I'm really happy that you brought up this aspect of shadow work and and how healing working with this archetype can be, especially when you apply it to look at all of the societal conditionings that most women, you know all women are subjected to, even if you have, in my opinion, even if you have the best parents that are super open and liberating and expansive, you still have, you know, so many other external factors like media and religion and school, sex ed school, all of these things that can impose, you know, this badness and in a really negative light. So it's really beautiful to have a space and an example to reclaim. And I'd love to hear more if you're comfortable chatting about it, more about how that journey was with, you know, 
working as a stripper and things like that in, in my own world. Like I did a lot of nude modeling and it was, was, you know, very artistic, but there was a lot of space around that getting lots of judgments from other people and feeling stifled and, and, and even sensing that in my, the judgment within myself deep, deep inside without really recognizing it. And then as I started to work with Tantra and working in person with people in very vulnerable settings, I knew that I was doing something that was like a pure expression of my humanity and was also of insane benefit to other people. But at the same time, there was still some deep, deep rooted limiting beliefs around, you know, my sexual expression and sexual Mm -hmm. healing and this innate, beautiful, powerful energy that courses through my body. So if if you'd like to share anything about that for your own journey, I'd love to to hear. And I think that listeners would also really appreciate some insight. Yeah. Um, look, being a stripper, that, that chapter was so incredible for me. I went through um, quite a bit of sexual trauma growing up. And so for me, stripping was such a powerful, powerful way to reclaim my body and reclaim my sexuality mm. and its movement. And yeah, like I, I found that period of time like so empowering because before then, like I felt so uh, disconnected to my body mm-hmm. and being in that career, like it, it really helped me to feel more powerful and feel more embodied and more comfortable with my sexuality. I found that I did receive quite a bit of judgment for pe- from people for it, um, particularly people that like I used to go to school with and things like that. And so when I finished stripping, I internalized a lot of shame. So it's like I actually went two steps backwards after taking a step forward, which was, oh, yeah. Um, But yeah, like I internalized quite a lot of shame um, for being a stripper because I felt like damaged goods because you know, a lot of people have narratives around, you know, you can't date strippers, rah, 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 like, mm-hmm. you know, not, not wife material. Right. So I internalized that, um, very heavily and I felt a lot of shame and I felt like I was bad or like I was damaged goods. And, um, you know, I was constantly afraid of people finding out, like it was a big secret that I used to do it. And so that was, that was really difficult for quite a few years like um how many years was that now my god <laughs> such it's like seven years ago six seven years ago was when I um finished stripping so yeah like I internalized that shame for years and then it really took you know, up until two years ago for me to work through that and for me to reclaim that part of myself. Even like I remember a while, like a long time ago, I felt like I wanted to get vulnerable with my story and I shared this side of myself and it felt really scary to share that. And, you know, looking back now, I just told myself in so much love and compassion for having once again kind of fallen victim to that shameful mindset and that patriarchal fucking bullshit (laughs) that I'd internalized once again. And it took some work for me to, again, reclaim that. And so, you know, the journey as a whole has been so healing for me. And 
yeah, I now I look back and I see that as a great, a great, great um, chapter in my life that has been so invaluable to where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't change it at all, but it's just so interesting to see how, you know, when I was so young, like coming out of that um, chapter in my life, how easily I took on all of that shame and all of that, all of those stories again. Um, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. The shame and the fear and the guilt manifest in so many different ways and in so many different circumstances. Like it doesn't take, you know, being a stripper or working as a tantric professional or taking some like cute photos of yourself that like you happen to like be naked. <laughs> it's, it's so much more too. And I know for myself, like with like sexual assault and things like that, there, there has been this long standing, deeply rooted shame and guilt and feeling how even after you feel like you've processed it, there's still that underlying level of shame that can kind of go follow you through the experience. Like even after you think that you've healed it or you've worked through it or whatever. And the only way that I found that I was able to do that was to really do the inner work and to really claim, you know, the, the dark feminine and to see that like, I have, I have nothing to be ashamed of because this is an innate part of femininity. And I'd love to chat more about like, what does that mean? How do we do like that inner work to claim, to claim the dark Mm. feminine? Like what are some things that you would suggest? Uh, Shadow work is definitely a huge one. (laughs) Um, I think first it's important, like you can't really get too far in terms of your healing if you're not even sure what it is that you're healing from. So getting really, really clear and illuminating what is the actual not the I was about to say what's the damage but it's not (laughs) I don't want to like people to think of themselves as damaged but like what 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 is it that you're working with here like what is what are the actual narratives what is the actual you know experiences lived experiences that you um are left with here that you can work through (sighs) It's so, it's so hard because there's so many different ways that you can work through it. And it's not that there's this one, like one solution that is going to solve all your problems. It's a, it's a um, combination of so many different practices and tools that come together to create this um, healing space for ourselves. And yeah, obviously shadow work is such a huge part of that, being able to illuminate what those spaces are, being able to sit with yourself and feel them deeply and journal through them. I think journaling is such a huge thing because, you know, we can think through things in circles and circles and circles, but I never get, you know, huge breakthroughs unless I can actually progress through it and for me progressing through it means being able to write it down and have it physically in front of me and I can tend to get a lot deeper there um but yeah for me personally um being able to unpack this has been through shadow work through um spell work as well having the intentions there um with my spell work uh, embodiment has been such a huge thing throughout this whole journey is mm-hmm. that erotic embodiment for me. And uh, when it comes to like these parts of ourselves that we want to reclaim, like 
I think it's important to be able to allow yourself to embody it and be it and feel it. We can't necessarily heal something that we're disembodied from and that we're like disconnecting ourselves from, if that makes sense. I forgot where I was going with that. (laughs) No, that's good. I really, I really appreciate the depth of that answer because I do agree with you, right? There's so many different ways to, you know, live an expansive life and to begin to do our shadow work. And it's, it's really different for, for all different types of people. Um, and to me, so much of it comes back to just being aware and observant of what's going on in your body and in your mind when you're triggered, especially in, you know, talking about the dark feminine, especially in situations of intimacy, whether it's, you know, physical or sexual intimacy, or it's, you know, spiritual intimacy or emotional intimacy, And I have an episode of this podcast as well for the listeners that is called sexual shadow work. I'm not sure the number of the episode, but I kind of go through, you know, some of the first ways to begin processing shadow work, but also obviously working with someone like Lilith or myself that can be a mirror to, you know, see what's going on and like help you see yourself is incredibly powerful. So I'll definitely recommend that as well. I know that Willis has some great programs that I'm sure that we'll highlight at the end. Um, that being said, the embodiment piece though, too, specifically for women, because our bodies have been so restrained in so many different ways for, you know, millennia. And it's something that like we inherit in our bodies Mm -hmm. and to be able to move your body and express yourself creatively is incredibly powerful. And it doesn't always have to look like, you know, getting up on a stage and doing it or, you know, working with other people or, you know, having it photographed or whatever. Although those are really fun ways to celebrate yourself and to celebrate, you know, your, your erotic expression and your embodiment, but it can also be, you know, ecstatic dance, like, you know, lights off doors closed just to yourself as well. And that's a really beautiful place to start as well. Mm. So that being said, you also mentioned some of, you know, the spell work and, and manifestation that, that helped you process this. And I'd love to chat more about how you make your life a work of art and how you embody your purpose and the way that you use spells and manifestations, etc. Yeah. Um, how I make my life a work of art. I don't know. <laughs> it already is baby. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I don't know. My my craft is very much obviously a huge part of my life. Um, it is how I connect with the divine, with the spiritual, um, both within and outside of myself. I, I would love to chat more about like manifestation then specifically, because that's kind of where you came from. And I think that that's when you start to reclaim like all of the darkness and the light within you, then it can even supercharge those manifestations. And we talk a lot about manifestation on this podcast and I'd love to hear from your perspective as the bad witch. My perspective on manifestation. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to manifestation, for me, the biggest thing, it comes down to desire I think desire is the most important piece. It creates the foundation. Um, And to me, what I believe and what I teach is that our desires are the cause of our unmet needs. Um, In a world that tells us, you know, our desires are wrong, that our desires are selfish, you know, I really, it didn't sit right with me um, and, I really wanted to break that narrative for myself and give myself permission to let my desires um, 
inform my creation inform Mm. what I want to manifest and not necessarily coming from a place of like like oh you know I want this but maybe I really need that or you know maybe that desire is a little bit too big and I should go smaller or whatever the stories are I like I just don't fucking subscribe to that I think that when you can give yourself permission to wholeheartedly desire something and then have the audacity to go after it, you're already in a good place. Because when it comes to, for me, when it comes to magic and when it comes to manifestation, the the feeling behind it, the emotion behind it, the fuel behind it is so important. And when we can allow ourselves to desire deeply and desire authentically, you know, that already has such a emotional charge behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that is, you know, the ultimate fucking rocket fuel that, you know, turns water to wine, that moves mountains, that creates incredible breakthroughs um, in our manifestation and in our magic. So for me, desire is like the number one, that's the foundation. And from there, you know, that like you can inform what you're creating, what you're, what you're manifesting. Beautiful. I love that you really touched on the idea of getting super clear about what you desire and then just letting go of all of the flip flopping, because I think that so many people try to manifest and they think that they deeply desire one thing, but then their mind drama gets in the way, which is often, you know, not really theirs. It's a projection of outward experience or societal conditioning, et cetera. And so it's just as important in manifestation to call something in to let go of what is no longer serving you to make space for that manifestation to fully take shape and for that power to be really utilized to its greatest extent, because essentially you're sending mixed messages when, when, you know, there's other thoughts coming in and other projections and, flip-flops. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, I'd love to kind of wrap up with our last few questions here. So the first one is a bonus question that I ask all of my guests and it is what awakens your arrows? What turns you on? What makes you feel erotically alive? Oh my God. Like literally everything (laughs) for me. Yeah. Eroticism and sexual energy. It's just a part of everything. Even, even the, you know, even days when I'm not feeling particularly turned on or I'm experiencing, you know, rage or something, for example, or pain or like even that can become a source of pleasure. Even that can be alchemized to, yeah, become a source of pleasure and an experience of pleasure. And, yeah, I think that eros and and sensual energy and desire is an undercurrent of everything so like literally I I could I I could I could will myself to be turned on by pretty much fucking anything (laughs) yeah absolutely I love the the idea of alchemizing the pain into pleasure and what does that look like and there's so many different ways that that can Mm -hmm. manifest but essentially just being present for all all of life's experiences and I think that we get this idea that when something bad happens 
we immediately follow this reactionary state when in reality, there's an opportunity to be curious and to ask questions and to say, what, how can I make good of this, good of this situation? Or how can I make this situation expansive and juicy in one way or another? And it's complicated because it's not Mm. how we're taught and it's not necessarily in our, our base level human nature, but it is in our expansive nature. And that's super exciting. So I'm so happy that you, you touched on that as well, because fuck life is really crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking a, (laughs) yeah. The trip. Cool. (laughs) Last question. Where can listeners find or support you? So you can find me at Lilith of Oz on Instagram and yeah, you can check me out, see what I do and yeah. (laughs) Cool. Are there any like new programs or like like specialities that you are like offering now or coming out soon that you'd like to share? Yeah, I am starting a seven-month coven uh, next month. We're having a welcoming ceremony in a few days, but I'm really excited about this. This is very much a seven-month journey to rise into the bad witch you were born to be. It is a seven-month portal for deep transformation and bad witch embodiment. Um, It's very close to my heart, near and dear, and each month will be deeply... um, immersing and expanding into a different theme and it's $77 a month (laughs) for two lives a month and some other extra goodies that will be in there. I'm really excited about this because seven is my life path number. Seven is the numerological value of Lilith and seven is the number of mysticism and philosophy and wisdom and learning and spirituality so there's so much in this that I'm really really excited about and yeah (laughs) beautiful thank you so much for sharing that sounds like an incredible opportunity and I'm sure some of our listeners would love to take advantage of that to fully claim their dark feminine live in the Lilith their bad witch Love it. So thank you again, Lilith, for joining me today. And I also want to express my gratitude to the listeners. Thank you once more for opening yourself up to the idea of sacred sexuality. With so much gratitude and love, have a sexy and spiritual day. And we'll catch you next week on Talk Tantra to Me. Ta-ta. Mm-hmm.